Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast, a podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're back in Houston, talking to the No Place Left Houston team. I was personally doing a lot of hip-hop outreach and evangelism and um, came to a point where I realized the people that we were reaching out to at our hip-hop events weren't getting plugged into local bodies of Christ and a lot of the local churches in those uh, underserved neighborhoods weren't really reaching out with us. And so I began um, just talking about it. And then someone at the Union Baptist Association had invited me and said that they would pay for me to go to Chicago for the uh, T for T training. And while I was in Chicago um, from Houston, I was sitting at a table that was across from Guy Caskey, who um, I connected with. And when I came back, I found he lived like two miles down the street from my house. And ever since then, he's been um, coaching uh, me for uh, organic church planting. And, and uh, I just kind of um, began to um, be coached through that. And that's how I got connected uh, okay. through, through the, the M4 network. Here in the city a long time, um, almost my entire life. Uh, in, uh, been, I came to Christ in my bedroom reading the New Testament and uh, been part of church planting teams uh, since 1989. Uh, but had a heart for multiplying and reproduction, starting a church in 1997. It was kind of a self-celebration model that had a lot of the principles of multiplication um, but just started learning a lot. And for me as well, um, the, uh, the Wheaton gathering in Chicago was a real um, key for me to get around even more best practices. But I've also served in the Horn of Africa and been a co-strategy leader in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. So i had been exposed to a lot of this for years and have been practitioner here in a lot of ways lonely, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, through years of praying and really grinding and laboring, God began to change the culture and climate here, and more and more people started becoming receptive to more of a no place left multiplication vision. And I started getting connected to different people. I asked the church that I had planted to send me out for this type of vision, both here in the Horn of Africa. And then throughout um, a period of time of just a few years, five or six years ago, I met Trey, and then I think I met Ray. And Ray came here, and he was told that I would be one of the first people that he would meet right in the city. And then, and then we all started just connecting and, and sharing this vision and started teaming together because we mm. just feel like far more together um, than we can as individuals. If we really want to go far, we need to go together. Of course, if you want to move fast, you can certainly go by yourself. But we just start believing in the value of team. That's kind of how we got connected. Okay. How about someone else? I can speak. Yeah. So, Philip, uh, yeah, I was a student pastor uh, for about three and a half, four years on the east side of Houston. And then my family and I moved down to the southeast side of Houston to be a student pastor for the church there. And just through that time and hearing more about movements around the world, taking people over to London to partner with my brother and people over there and seeing what God was doing. Um, God just stirred in my wife and I, and uh, we continue to hear this word movement, 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 
you know, read some different books, uh, but just stepped out in faith uh, in 2015 and said, okay, we're going to work to see multiplying disciples and churches all across the area. And two months into that, uh, God connected me with Ray, mm-hmm. and, uh, which was right about the time he had gotten to Houston just a little bit before that. And so it was a connection of a connection of a connection. It was God working things out. And we got connected with Ray and the No Place Left Network and gave us a more focused vision and, uh, you know, tools and, and process to actually accomplish the vision that God had placed on our heart. Mm. Let's hear from one, one more person, how, how you got connected with one another. I'm Roger. I um, came to Christ in college in North Carolina and was immediately plugged into a church there where everyone made disciples. So the first few weeks, uh, I was a believer. I was sharing the gospel with people on campus, which if you listen, it's the Burke Wilson and the um, NC State University, which you've had podcasts on before. And so I was with them, and about a year after I came to Christ, a guy named Jeff Sumnell came and gave us a training to kind of simplify some tools and get more multiplication than that. And um, I formed a relationship with Jeff, who kept on telling me to get connected with Ray, who was in South Carolina at the time. And um, so eventually, at first I was like, no, Ray does not sound like someone I need to connect with. I'll just do it on my own. Mm -hmm. But I figured doing it by myself in Raleigh was not working, and I should have uh, should join a team. So I agreed to join his team in South Carolina. And then he said he was hopping over to Houston. And I was like, man, that's so much further away than uh, South Carolina. But eventually God let me to come down here uh, to join him. And then um, right when I came down is when he connected with both Guy, uh, Trey, and Philip, And uh, okay. so they're all working together. Great. And we, we know uh, the reason Ray came was because uh, uh, he was chasing Sarah. That is correct. Yeah. What, what is it now that, that God's doing? What's he put on your heart as a team? One of the amazing things about No Place Left Network is the, um, the unity and commonality of um, vision, but also processes and practices. So I think that learning, um, you know, for me, we spent nine years trying to figure out movement and movement. Uh, in massive process, and we feel like we got almost our feet on the ground, but there still weren't handles on tools that could actually reproduce. Mm. And I think the um, by God's grace, there have been a tool set and processes that have come back to the West, back to the U.S., that really unite that heart that we all had already. I think we already had that heart in us for it to multiply in our local communities and across the city and across the globe. And so then having common practices, common principles, common language um, brought that vision together. And what, what is the vision for Houston? So right now what we're praying for and shooting for is to have um, a reproducing church in all 165 zip codes of the Houston metro area um, by 2025. Okay, and so not just a church, but a reproducing church. That's correct. That's correct. So churches that meet in homes, churches that meet in businesses, churches that meet wherever, but are have intentional in prisons, a lot of good prison work, uh, but have intentional DNA to multiply, to make disciples, start churches that uh, will raise up leaders and reproduce. It does. Is, well, one, when you have a big vision, like no place left, you need clarity. So you need to have a, a you know clear path and simple steps, we've learned um, from Steve Smith. I think he communicated that. 
But uh, big vision, clear path, simple steps. And so common language, common process, all of that just gives clarity, not only to us as leaders, but also to those downstream uh, and to every, every church. We are just working on our goals today. So big part of the reason why we came together since, uh, you know, 9 a.m., as we just said, we wanted to really focus in on 2018. What do we need to see happen to see, um, I think it was 32,500 churches in the greater Houston area to see 10% of our lostness reached. That's just 10% of our lostness reached, 32,500 churches. So the big vision forces us around the table to ask, what's it going to take? And, and we need clear path in order to see 32,500 churches. We need simple steps in order to see 32,500 churches. So it forces us to, um, you know, vision dictates our steps and our goals even. So then, okay, what type of goals do we need to set in order to, for 2018, in order to get us over that hump of trying to see multiplying churches in every zip code, specifically even to see 10% of our greater area reach. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we came up with a list of goals uh, for 2018, and it's just driving us to the table to come together to uh yeah to work together for that kind of common ownership and that's the beautiful thing about what a team is rather than just this one or two is it really is giving greater local ownership in houston because each one of us around the table represent a whole number of churches and people that we're leading this is a network of networks in the city uh and um but there's there's just more and more local ownership that's taking place in houston which is exciting so who gets in the room then? You know, what, what is it that, Ray, that qualifies these, each of these folk to... to well, they pay me money. Right? <laughs> and, uh, no, I'm just joking. They, uh, man, I think the network, I mean, I'd say that across, these are just guys that already were in the trenches. Even before I got here, they were already in the trenches. You know, we've learned from one another, learning from God, uh, not only just, uh, you know, in their churches and their church work, but also just, uh, I mean, just from, his ex- you know, the experiences that we all bring to the table. But um, every one of these people around the table are in Harvest. Every one of these people around the table are coaching and have leaders that they've multiplied themselves into. Uh, they have generals that they've raised up and where Timothy's in the Harvest that they've ha- they have. Um, or personally have started churches that have started churches. Um, so these are just the guys that God's allowed us to, and the women, sorry, that the Lord has opened up the door for us to just be in relationship with and have that common kind of language. But what, right before we got on the call with you, Steve, we were just kind of daydreaming uh, and just dreaming about the day two years from now when maybe there will be multiple teams across the city representing something similar to what we're doing. That it's not just enough to get everybody in one table in one room, but let's see multiple teams across the city yeah. just as much local. There's also a, it's a big city, hour. isn't it? There's also a commonality amongst us that we're, you know, we're all um, submitted to Christ, you know, abiding in Christ. And everybody here at the table has a humility to know that this isn't us or our knowledge and wisdom, our education, our degrees. But it's strictly being humble enough to know that it's God working through us. And so we we spend very little time arguing or debating and more time moving forward and strategizing. So that's mm-hmm. rare to find in, in all leadership groups. But in this one, I, I see that as a common thread. Yeah. Okay. And so you've got a clear goal you're working towards. Um, one of them is a, a reproducing church in every zip code. But, Ray, you're also saying uh, to reach 10% of the 
population, we need 35,000 new churches. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. What are the other good things that you're doing that's helping in terms of getting the job done as a team? We overlap in different ways. Um, so we've started annually doing mid-level training um, together. So bringing our leaders who are leading churches and hopefully getting to multiplying churches, bring all of them together to learn together. Um, and then also in our each of our networks doing our own training as far as that goes. That there's been a lot of cross-pollination between our networks and saying, okay, we're going to have a time. We're going to push the gospel forward over this weekend and different people from the networks will come to help this other network. So we have cross-pollination in those things. I think also one of the strengths of, um, of the network as a whole and the team coming together is um, not the humility to not posture every time we're together so we can learn each other. You know, today we're talking about things that we're each not doing well in our networks, but when we collectively bring that together, we can learn because we have more experience and exposure across the whole network than just in our, our areas. And so that learning together, I think, really helps us to move forward more quickly. Okay. We're also, we've also just implemented meeting monthly this core group of leader, uh, network, leadership networks coming together, us, the smaller group, meeting monthly uh, more regularly for a couple hours uh, per month. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. And I would say just... Uh, cross-pollinating, I guess, the greater No Place Left Houston network. We try to have, we tried, you know, this past year to have once a quarter or so, uh, like a unity gathering for all the churches in the No Place Left Houston network to kind of have one big celebration together to hear testimonies from around the city so that people who aren't necessarily in this room, they can see that they're part of something greater, that this is a bigger movement than just their maybe one house church that they see every week. Um, so I think that's been great as as a, as a way to build network cohesion outside of just the leaders. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what are you learning about what it takes to reach a city like Houston? 6.5 million people. I think one of the things that even um, was big in our conversation today and this morning was uh, making sure we're really getting into Oikos and seeing movement travel down those lines and highways of Oikos. Uh, so even brainstorming, how do we uh, work with the people that are currently in these churches to then break into new areas through their Oikos? Uh, and, and really even appropriately aligning maybe Loop 10, 2 by 2 House of Peace strategy. Uh, we did that over the last couple of years and maybe... Spirit is revealing to us some more appropriate times for that to be using it as opposed to necessarily all the time, but more to break into new areas, new territories, uh, and establish those churches who will work through Oikos. Uh, and so just the understanding of that, I think, has been really big. And I think to add to that is also because of in urban settings that there's such complexity, mm-hmm. we even have to train and teach people how to people, places, and passion, almost oikos building rather than in a village setting or like in our prisons or factories in, in other contexts where people are so together, the gospel and discipleship can move rapidly. We're almost having to teach people how to build relationships, to go to places with intentionality, use their passions, 
And so that's, it's a different animal. When you talk about a huge urban setting yeah. like this, it's far more complex and it takes a whole lot more teaming and working together and in tribes and affinity hubs and things like that. I just think it's far more um, complicated. Yeah. Legacy setting. We were just saying that God has given us wonderful favor across mm. traditional and legacy churches, that even though this is running its course, multiplies, we are still serving and trying to train and raise up those in the legacy church, but they also kind of have a, uh, you know, they're a different dynamic and animal. So they're, they're kind of running um, and kind of trying to develop that team at the place left scenario. I mean, look at what God's doing through Woods Edge. Um, what's one of the churches that you're connected uh, powerhouse to? Powerhouse Community. Powerhouse Community Church. Um, and just how God is using them through Don Waybright and others to form kind of, you know, swarm teams that are helping out with other legacy churches. Um, so what we're talking about with that 32,500 32, churches is kind of just the, the zero budget you know, directly in the harvest, planting churches, uh, kind of the aim of that team. But that also doesn't yet include what God's doing and how he's using those from the traditional setting. I'm figuring there's some, some great stories in the room. So who wants, who wants to, to start it off? Give me, give me a story of what God's done. So Guy and I will tag team this story, but about a year and a half ago, um, we just started working with another network in the city, Global Gates, and ask them, you know, how can we serve you guys? What what can we do to serve what God's already doing for you? And he kind of brought up a need of, you know, we don't really have any women going out and reaching these Muslim areas um, that are mainly women there during the day. And so I started organizing a team of ladies to go out once or twice a week to really engage um, the Pakistani Muslims in our city. So some people say there's upwards of 125,000 Pakistanis in Houston. Wow. And so really just trying to cultivate a team of women that would go after them. Um, and so just began to see the Lord just bringing together a team. And um, through that, not only getting to engage Pakistanis um, just in one complex, it just is filled with refugees from all over the world. Um, and one of those women was from Ethiopia. Yeah, and so we've been, you know, we've been engaging in the Horn of Africa, UPGs, uh, unreached people groups, and, and unengaged. And we had a particular um, group of unengaged, unreached people that we had been praying for and trying to gain access into. So one of our disciples was was being modeled by Sarah and her team to go out. Uh, was has been to the Horn of Africa with us, and so she's familiar with some of the people's relationship. My son's Ethiopian. We've been serving in Ethiopia since '99. We've seen significant movements there and throughout the Horn as a result of Ethiopia being the center. But we've been praying with one of our leaders from Ethiopia how to gain access in this UUPG village. We didn't even know that, that we met her through this um, work that Sarah and them were doing. She invited us in her home. I, I happened to have uh, one of our leaders with He came with us to the home. We shared a meal, and then she invited him to the village we were trying to gain access into wow. among the UUP. We had no access to from Houston, Texas, to the Horn of Africa. You just missed so it. Okay. 
Philip. Yeah, so I said I think uh, Travis and Jenny, who my wife and I have been discipling for the last few years, and Travis is full time in the military. Jenny's full time with Nationwide, and they've got three kids, ten, seven, and almost two years old. And uh, over the last couple of years, they've shared the gospel with hundreds of people. Uh, I mean, 50, 60, 70 people in the military have heard uh, the gospel through Travis and them as a family. And uh, just even this last year to see three, four, well, two churches started locally through them and even two churches now over in California generationally, uh, just to see how the Lord is continuing to work through them. It just blows me away as they they're just faithful to obey Jesus one step at a time and give away the kingdom of God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about No Place Left Houston, listen to the previous episode, number 152, and you'll hear me talk to the team leaders, Ray and Sarah Boyd. And if you're enjoying the Movements podcast, spread the word by social media. It's a great help. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. Bye now.